Welcome to The Soul Journey, where we will discuss the journey of people, authors, musicians, clergy, blue collar, white collar, and beyond, and find out what drives their journey. I'm Proverb Newsom. The Soul Journey starts right now. Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Soul Journey. It's your boy Proverb. Today on the show, we have the honorable, the great, the legendary Mr. Two Wedge, uh, musician, hip hop extraordinaire, MC. Uh, done a lot of stuff in Christian hip hop, and uh, man, you're our first musician. Wow. First yeah. of all, I don't even know why you had to go all with that crazy. Hey, it is what it is, man. I only speak the truth. I only speak the truth, man. So, tell us a little bit about, man, how you how you got into music. I mean, I know kind of. I mean, and I'll put it out there. We're, we've been friends for twenty plus years now. Yeah. Uh, long, long time, and I think we met in nineteen. Uh, one, 91, right, right, right. So let's go back a little bit, right? So we know each other, we've known each other for 20 plus years, but there's a reason why we've known each other for 20 plus years. Tell the people what that, that reason is. Um, that reason, uh, if you don't know, um, Two Edge did not start in 2008. Um, actually linked up with Proverb, and at that time, it was Special K. Special K. Um, and Mr. Sweet Pea was a dancer. <laughs> Sweet Pea. Uh, the name of the group was One Way, or is One Way. And so, um, and we spoke about this uh, club. The name of the club, for y'all to understand, is a club called Horizons. That's right, it's history lesson, listen up. And um, it's in West Palm downtown, where all y'all Clematis heads and all of that. Um, it was like the one spot little club that uh, we had. I, I still don't even remember how I discovered it. I probably think, did they have a commercial on WFM? Who knows, man? I they really might have. I don't understand. Who knows? And if you, go, if you knew where it was, you don't just stumble on it. You yeah. have to know it's there. Right. So, um, but yeah, I did a couple um, DJing. I can't say DJs. I used to travel with a bunch of CDs. <laughs> I'm not a DJ, but I just kept the party going. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, that's how I got linked up with Horizons, but I wasn't really linked up with them to be an artist. It was just, I enjoyed doing that. And Mr. Wayne Felder was the uh, uh, in-house DJ as mm -hmm. well, our, our party party keeper-upper dude, <laughs> um, and he, he gave me a couple nights that he wasn't doing, and that, that's how I ended up there, and so getting that one night, and my man, Proverb, Special K, and Sweet P was there performing, and I was like, wow, there's somebody, or bodies, that's here in South Florida that's doing what I like to do. Mm -hmm. And at that time, was not saying, hey, can I join your group? It was just more like, wow, it's cool that I got some like-minded dudes. And then, you know, probably you know, my same age. So that was very, that, that felt very encouraging at that time, because A, you're trying to step into a, a genre that was already like, 
deemed whack. Yeah. From for a reason though. From a secular yeah. head, and then churches weren't trying to allow it into church, so we were double whack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed creating it. I think at that time all we had was like PID, yeah, uh, early SFC. Um, JC and the boys. Mike Peace. Mike Peace. Stephen Wiley. Yeah, so it was a very short list. You could count on two hands on what we could listen to. Mm-hmm. And not everything was good. ETW. Uh, D-Boy. D-Boy. Yeah. Uh, so it was just a, it was a handful of stuff. I listened to it, but um, it was almost like I listened to it. I didn't really go around saying, hey, I got some Christian hip hop on Right, Let's sure, yeah, yeah. Because, again, it was whack. It was, some of it was whack. Yes. And um, you just didn't feel, you yeah, know, I had to do my right. Songs. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to put you on to something that I know you know is going to be whack. Yeah. I want to put you on to something that's going to make you leave what you're listening to. Right. But yeah. That kind of is the premise of how I really got started doing music me trying to make music that wasn't whack. Word. That night was weird because we were just like, hey, we got to work. We got to do some, I'm working on some stuff. Yeah. What are you working on? I'm like, uh, and we just like, hey, we got to work. And I think that's the night that we decided to do Destination Unknown. Yeah. The for, joint. For sure, man. Yep. Um, wasn't even trying to make an album. We were just we trying just to make a song. Get on the song. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it just blossomed from there, man. So uh, if I had never said it, I'll say it on this episode today. I truly appreciate you allowing me to uh, be a part of the crew, man, because that that journey, I mean, yeah, I am where I'm at today, but it there's so many things, so many avenues that spun off from uh, one way that I wouldn't be where I'm at there. Mm. I wouldn't have been in, uh, I wouldn't have been at, at Michael W. Smith's club. Oh, Rocket Town, yeah. To meet Chris that night. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was a dope spot. It's a dope spot. So, I mean, Chris actually is my wife, and I actually met her when we were touring and we were up in Nashville. She was from here, mm-hmm. but I met her there. And so it's just different things that, through this journey uh, and in my life, I wouldn't have been a part of if uh, that night didn't happen. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we did a few venues after that. I still wasn't trying to be in the group. True. It was still one way uh, with uh, two edge. You know, one way featuring two edge. I would never commit to being a part of the group. I remember uh, the manager's like, hey, want you know, I don't want to be in yeah, I want to be a solo dude. Yeah. And then it just happened one day. So, but yeah, I don't even remember when it happened. It's just, we were still, we were traveling together, but I refused to be in the group. Yeah, <laughs> it, just, it just just happened. So the cool thing about it is, is when it happened, it, it's, it's more stories than we oh, even have time for. Uh, that's, that's like four more episodes. Right? So so the snapshot of it is, and I'm going to shout out everybody right now, uh, D-Love, Special K, Sweet P, now known as Versal, and of course, Mr. International, D. 
DJ Morph. Did I say D Love? Yeah, okay, all right, all right, yeah, cool. So, and Mr. International, DJ Morph, uh, members of One Way, man, and, and that's how it all happened. And if you really want to hear the genesis of the story, we did um, this song called Throwback on uh, the Midnight Run album. And, and there's a verse on there that kind of tells you how how that all happened. And so check, check that song out because it, it kind of gives you a snapshot into the before... Uh, during and after uh, the genesis of One Way. So um, I was a fan then, I'm a fan now. And uh, so your mom had a lot to do with you getting into music, right? It's crazy, man. Um, Early, well, when I was in high school, I used to, of course, try to sneak and listen to hip hop. I had to go to my Uncle Mike's house. Okay. uh, Grandma's house. uh, And that's the only time I really heard, uh, you know, the the real stuff. Treacherous Three, Sugar Hill Gang. I yeah, know, I'm yeah. thinking to myself by saying those kind of names. But it's the origins, though, man. It's the founders, foundation. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't really allowed to listen to secular stuff for, uh, for a period. Now, what's funny is I grew up listening to, you know, your Stephen Wonders, your, your Smokies, and all of that. And then it got to a point where, okay, I don't want you listening to that stuff no more. Wow. What do you mean? You used to sing it. Uh, but uh, yeah, my mom uh, was a songwriter and she uh, she helped me figure out how to put stuff together. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, I was, you know, ninth, 10th grade at that time. And so we would just sit there and, and write stuff, write poetry. And so I would write something, she would write something. And it was, she was the one that put that, that writing uh, hunger in early. So... Uh, so then, I don't know, I started uh, writing little pieces here and there. I remember doing a couple things with my my cousin Dre, D-Love. D-Love. Uh, no. Or by known by his real fans as D-Lover. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put the E-R on there. And, you know, got to have that on there. That's what I like. But yeah, I mean, I did... Um, did some stuff here and there, and then um, I remember linking up with the, another MC. Uh, remember Lisa? Back yeah, in the day. yeah, yeah. MC Wow. MC Wow. And so we uh, tried to start something up, and that lasted for about you know a second. <laughs> Didn't really want to like blow up or anything like that. It was just just had a joy for writing and performing and. You know, borrowing somebody else's instrumental. Sure, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just at that time I was going by E Rock. E Rock, tell me what until, happened there. Until that that one evening mm-hmm. at that nightclub that we're talking about, uh, E Rock opened for E Rock. <laughs> uh, e Rock is another MC that's out of Texas. I believe it's Houston. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, we had a, a little discussion in the restroom and so of all places to have a discussion <laughs> it was before I was supposed to go on <laughs> literally what people don't realize is um, the the mandate is if, if you've already recorded with a name it's your name okay all right. so I, I, I'd never recorded so he already had an album out at the time so 
I was the one that had to succeed my name. So easy peasy. It's like yeah. it's not like you had to battle him in the yeah, bathroom no, for it. Yeah, we went, we went over, over by stall two and, <laughs> <laughs> and had to make some decisions. But it was just literally, dang, I'm a fan of yours. I got to give up the name. Never thought I'd meet the dude. So right, right, right. Sure. Rock yeah. the name for a while, but that's the yeah. And then that night I didn't have the name, but. Literally, it just took me asking God, look, um, I love the name Iraq, but what's something else that I would love just as much? And, mm-hmm. and the scripture produced uh, Two Edge. Two Edge. Been Two Edge ever since. Yeah. Now, when you say that, you know, back when you, your mom and you used to write and she helped you put stuff together. Now, are you are you talking about song structure or how to how to put a song together? Is that what you mean? It was more at the time that she wasn't really trying to get me to write songs. She just wanted me to figure out how to put words together through poetry. Okay, all right. And so and then when I said I wanted to put it to rap, and she was like, uh, son, I don't know if you really want to do that. You, you know, you just want to. And then when I start trying to entertain the thought of it, uh, I think she saw something there. And mm-hmm. She was just helping me form what a, 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 a 16 is and a 24. And at that time, I don't think there was really true structure. Nah. People were rocking 48s and yeah, 96s. Yeah. And, yeah. And so. I don't think structure even came about till LL, man. Right. So yeah. it was just her just saying, you don't want to, you know, kill people with long thoughts unless it's just going to. That's gonna be your song, right? But right. It um, she's the one that helped me develop thought and meaning in a verse. Okay. Uh, but first, thinking about poetry, using provoking pieces behind poetry uh, setups. But yeah, that's really how she helped me do it. So even up until the day that she left us, man, I was I can remember being in the hospital saying, "Ma, I got this song." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want you to check out and that last song was uh, the apology. Okay, all right. Um, to whom it may concern. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, it's just that's one thing I really do miss because being able to say, "Hey, mom, I got this, this, these verses. I want you to check out." Yeah. She was very real when it comes to now. What people don't realize is you gotta have a you gotta have a core people to give you some feedback. Sure. So yeah. My mom was my my scripture feedback, my scripture and structure feedback. And then you got, uh, you know, my kids who pretty much helped me, like, all right, Dad, (laughs) that may sound to you in your 80s (laughs) group cool, but my friends ain't gonna listen to any of this. Right, right, right. And so you have to have some people that'll, that'll be around you that's gonna tell you some honest truth instead of, you know that, that grandma syndrome mom yeah. told you about baby you you great baby yeah grandma always said everything sound good oh, that that picture you drew oh that's the best thing and put it right on the refrigerator yeah. you know that things should be in the trash right so, <laughs> yeah so that's um yeah my mom had a, a big big to do with me really um, having structure and and one of the other things is clarity mm, okay. like she All right. She could not stand it. It wasn't just with rapping; it was singing too. Sure. Yep. She could not un- understand why people would want to put out music that you couldn't understand a word they were saying. Mm-hmm. And so she was uh, real big on pronunciation. So, would you say that your mom would be a fan of mumble rap? My mom would. <laughs> 
my mom would crush all of <laughs> like it. I mean, it bar barely enough. A lot of the rap that was out at the time, she couldn't understand it because you, know, you got somebody like T Bone or Twister. Sure, yeah, it was quick. Yeah, um, and she just, you know, all right, okay, that's some fast rap, and I'm not gonna try to understand it. But if it's somebody that's rapping slow and you still can't understand it, mm -hmm. she would probably be laughing. Like how in the world are people paying for this? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she was not a fan of any of that. All right. If she couldn't understand what you were saying, it was not a song. Okay. <laughs> All right. So coming from the influence of your mom, and you know she's helping you form structure and, and write uh, poetry. When, when was it that you decided that you were going to slide into MCing, being a, being a rapper and, and crafting words and, and songs like that? When was that decision made? Oh man. Uh, I mean, it had to be around 91. Uh, I mean, mainly because, you know, at that time, me, D-Love, Dre, my, my brother, uh, Ian, we used to do the whole Dirty Dozen thing, man, and just sit around, and that's that's really how I learned how to form the, the flow piece. Okay. Just sitting there, put on beats. I mean, we had nothing else to do. Yeah. So just sit there and, and crack on each other all night. We would do it for hours. And okay. That, and that's how we developed freestyling. That's how we developed uh, the just flow patterns. And so I would say 91 is when I said, you know, let me at least see what it's like to like hold the mic. Mm, okay. Uh, see what it's like to get in front of somebody with this. Because I've never really been... Uh, the type of person to just jump out in front of people and want to perform. Um, yeah, I sang in church. I love singing in church. I mean, I love singing, period, but uh, rapping was something that I wasn't really even thinking about just doing that. And so when when I just decided to do it, it was just more so like, man, let me see if how I can put this poetry to beat. Right. Okay. So it would be more like, I mean, 91. But again, it wasn't like, hey, let's see how we could buy a mama a house. <laughs> or it wasn't like... It'd be a very small house at yeah, that point. Yeah, you know, <laughs> trailer maybe. Yeah, yeah. But it, was, it, was, it was never, uh, in the, it wasn't really that. And then I think later on it was like, man, I, I think I could do something with this. Mm -hmm. But it, like even when you, you met me in... 91, it wasn't, I just enjoyed doing it. Yeah, and you could tell, you could tell. And so, but it was, for sure. it wasn't even, because I didn't think I had a car at that time. So it wasn't like, oh man, if I get this hit song, sure, yeah. I could get a car. It wasn't that, it was just, how do I, I mean, I love music, I love singing, I love, now that I love this, this rhyming thing, how can I have fun with it? Right. So, so, yeah. so who were some of your early influences, man? Like, you know, you said back in 91 when you started, who, who were you listening to? Um, be it be it regular music, holy hip hop, whatever. Who, who, who influenced the style of Two Edge? Uh, well, most people, what they have to really admit to, and I think with hip hop, period, most of your MCs want to admit to listening to stuff outside of hip hop. Hmm. They always want to make it seem like, oh man, I've been listening to Rock Kim all my life. <laughs> <laughs> or, oh man, I'm, I'm such a Kanye fan. Right. 
when are there any of those left <laughs> I'm just wondering <laughs> I mean you know props to the brother I'm, yeah. I, I, I used to be a fan uh, I just you know I hope you get the help you need but like I mean I can remember um, the first time my mom was like hey you need to sit down and hit this group they get ready to be on TV uh, and it was Good Morning America and Take Six popped up okay alright and for me seeing them I was like man that is like totally different from any and everything that's on the music scene at the time mm -hmm. so I became a huge Take Six fan Commission and the Winers transformed my life like mm. there was nothing like the Commission and nothing like the Winers right um, either especially coming from my uh, living all you had was like my mom wasn't allowing anything other than gospel music. Right, yeah. There's only so much Shirley Caesar I could take. Yeah, man. I'm very sorry if there's any listeners that's out there, but... Mama Shirley, you dope. Oh, my goodness. You dope. I mean, but, I remember meeting you know, her and telling her yeah. how much I love her, but yeah, I can't listen to choir music all day long. Yeah, so. it's hard to swing with that stuff as a, as a young person, right. you know? Right. That's that's your parents' music. That's right. not your music. Right. And, uh, you know, it, you can only hold the mule for so long. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. I, I never developed a shout, so I, could, I couldn't <laughs> hold the mule. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was uh, stuff like that. And then, actually, my aunt Ellen was the one that introduced me to the Winers and Commission. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, to, with that said, I do encourage um, parents and aunts and uncles, you know, get into the lives of your kids because you never know how long uh, that music really lasts. I still listen to the wine. I sure. still listen to Commission. Yeah. You know, I still listen to, I listen to Shirley every now and then. Every now and then. Um, but Steve, Around Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, when the remix yeah, come yeah. back out, you know. Yeah, when it's really not her singing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stephen Wonder, I can remember when my mom handed uh, what came home with the Song of the Key of Life mm. double album. Classic. Uh, I still ride to that. I mean, that's a, a major. Uh, but when it comes to hip-hop and really uh, listening to who formed that kind of stuff, it's, it's very hard for me to list people because I listen to a lot. I mean, if we're listening to talking about Christian music. Suit the Chemist was mm. my dude. I mean, I could listen yeah. to that dude all day long. I mean, I talk about him a lot in my music. Mm -hmm. um, you got LPG, you got Dynamic Twins, you got um, a lot of those dudes. And even current today, man, is is some dudes that's out that just keep me just sharp. Like, KB is just sick. Okay. You know, and I listen to him, I'm like, where was this dude? When, mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't born yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I really I think about a lot of what's out now, and guys have to really think about how it connects to your um, upbringing. I, mean, I, I can I could go on, man. I, I listen to the police. I listen to um, yes, that is a secular group, but I mean, it's just I remember listening to Fred Hammond. Um, talk about his testimony on how he played bass. Mm -hmm. And he said he could remember when he started, in order for him to play, there was no gospel music out there for him to really learn how to play too. Right. So he was given, uh, like, Earth, Wind, and Fire. He was oh. given uh, different yeah. secular artists that played the way he wanted to play, mm -hmm. and he went down in the basement and learned that kind of stuff. 
that's what got him on tour with the Winers. That's yeah. what got him, you know, wanting to do stuff, you know, could start the commission. So, yes, there is um, an influence of secular and Christian music, um, but if there's no one Christian music that's giving you that that teaching, uh, uh, especially when it comes to rhyme cadence, mm-hmm. you may have to study some of these these dudes just to be able to polish. It's not saying, hey, I'm gonna go start smoking. Right, yeah. Because yeah. you told me to. Right, yeah. Or I'm gonna go shoot somebody because Pac told me to. It's okay, if I'm really wanting to uh, polish what I'm doing, let me go listen to see what's out there so I can at least, you know, make, I don't want to sound like some just average dude on the block. Right, yeah. I want to, if I want to go somewhere with this, let me make it sound like something somebody would listen to. And that's, that's basically what I did. I just gathered styles from different people. I didn't want to stay sounding like Kumo D. I didn't <laughs> want to, and that's crazy that we've been compared to that sound in the beginning, but I think that, um, like I look at LL, that dude has gradually changed with the uh, scene. Like I just heard a, a joint with Will Smith with his son Jaden, that icon joint. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't sound like when he first came right. out with- uh, Parents just don't understand, just don't right. Understand. And he sound dope. Yeah. And so you gotta find a way to make sure that you sound relevant and your kids gonna wanna say, hey, not, hey, this is my dad, hey, this is a dope song. Right. And so, but that's. Indeed, indeed, man. That's where I'm at, man. Cool, man. And you know, you said a, you said a lot there, man. And getting into, you know, there's a difference between listening to music for enjoyment and listening to music for um, artistic knowledge, right? So the way that an artist listens to a song is not the same way that a fan listens to a song. Correct. A fan listens to a song, just, hey, I like this song. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel a certain way. Um, You know, the beat is banging, so it drew me in. Artist listens to the song for all the above reasons, plus how can, you know, what, what artistic thought or artistic uh, value can I pull out of this song? Right. This is going to help me as an artist in the long run. Right. You can't listen to uh, NF or my dude Itty um, in Orlando and not believe they never listened to Eminem. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, literally, they sound like the happy version right. of Eminem. Yeah. Until you really get into the gut of NF, NF and you just sound like you put on a Eminem CD yeah um, but some of these yeah there are some it may be some copycats but those dudes if you could study somebody like that we're not talking about too short right yeah yeah cause this is junk yeah. basic yeah you can D-Lover right props to you I know that's your boy but yeah. D, D can get too short in a second <laughs> But I know D can't get Eminem <laughs> yeah, in yeah, a second. So yeah. to be able to get, uh, like right now, if I study KB, that would take me a minute mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. really get that. So I mean, listening to um, people on how they they really set up their stuff, um, it's important for a singer to 
to really listen to what's out there. Like, I know many people like Layla Hathaway. What? Or, you know, Dope. Jesse J or people like this. And they got voices that you don't just wake up in the morning and start singing. Yeah, nah, nah, that's, that's some other that, stuff right there. These are people that just like, you know, they work at it. Like the Walls group. Mm-hmm. I, I watch these these people sing, and it's like you don't just oh I can sing. They you have to work at it. And, yeah. And so I mean I think about them days when you used to have us out there running around. Hey man. Um, you know making us think we run track meets and whatnot. Hey. And I know I know what I know what that stuff means now. Like yeah. For, the, for us to do them hour long, hour and a half long shows. Breath control. You've got to be able to put in the work to make that kind of stuff happen. No doubt. So, no doubt. You don't man. have a big pun situation where you can only last two songs and have to sit down. <laughs> I, that's probably where I'm at right now, though. <laughs> More realistically, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the food is taking over, bro. Oh, that's uh, where I'm at right now. No, no running anymore. Um, so take take me inside your process, man, because I, I always wanted to get inside a, a process of an artist because every artist does it differently, right? So take me inside your process. So when you sit down or you you get inspired to write new music or a new song, how does that happen? What, what comes first, music or lyrics or both? Or it, it what varies, happens? man. I mean, I can tell you um, there's been times where I hear a beat and it's like, oh, I got the song for that. Mm, okay. And lyrics happen right away. Like, I could tell you when uh, I got the beat for Leader of the New School, uh, young Josh, Joshua Van hit me up. It's like, hey, are you still looking for more music for the album? I'm like, yeah, I got this beat. He sends it to me. I'm at, like, Whole Foods. Okay, all right. Whole Foods is... You know, 10 minutes from uh, Trader Joe's. Okay. In between Whole Foods and Trader Joe's, I had the first verse. Wow. And that was just from hearing the beat? Just, just from hearing the beat. Wow, okay. And so by the time I got home, I had verse one and verse two. And I text both of those to him. It was like, dude, how did you get that so quick? Wow. So literally, a, a beat can inspire me to write something right away or then then there's just the the emotion of something of you know you'll never know mm-hmm. literally it was oh man I can't believe that this is happening sure right you know and you know two three days later after my mom passed the lyrics for that came okay All so right. it, it has it has more to do with whatever the um what the scenario is most of the time uh, as of late I've been trying to wait until I had the, the right track okay, uh, so that I can write uh, according to what's already there or what I believe I've been familiar from that but one way days those lyrics you know are walking to the spot with my notebook already with lyrics and then we're trying to, I'm trying to figure out what verses go with gotcha those those beats so yeah I mean it's I went through a whole at least 10 10 or so years of writing before I had a beat gotcha okay alright so then I think once uh, 
while I was still breathing came along, that's when I was really trying to focus on at least some, trying to have the beat first and then uh, writing within that. Now, most of the time, I don't have a hook until I get to the studio. And how does that process happen? So literally, you're, I have my verses, I try to knock down my verses uh, and get it, you know, how I want to do it mm -hmm. before I get to the studio. Um, I may have a thought. Sometimes I don't even have a song title until I get to the studio. Wow, okay. Um, and so I get in the booth, um, and it's more like I you know, kill the lights, lights are dim, it's just me, Mike, and let the thoughts flow. Okay. Because uh, I can remember when uh, even uh, used to be, used to be was that whole song was done pretty much without a beat. And the hook itself was given the way I wanted the morning of the studio session. Okay. So, I mean, it's, I mean, Energetic Petro, another one. Mm -hmm. Verse was written before I got there. Hook was done in the studio, and Morph helped me uh, figure out how I want to chop up that high, high. So yeah. That's a wrap for this episode of The Soul Journey. Hopefully you learned something, were inspired, and motivated to begin a journey of your own. Please email me your comments, questions, or even suggestions for my next guest at proverb.newsome at gmail.com. Once again, that's proverb.newsome at gmail.com. This has been The Soul Journey. Remember, life is a journey. Enjoy the trip.